If you have your King James Bible, the book of Philippians. I didn't get to make it to the meeting. I've been praying for you every day and for the men of God and singing and uh, worshiping and uh, wanted to be here, but we've been a little under the weather. But I told my wife this morning I feel about as good this morning as I've felt in a long time. So I, pr- I appreciate you praying for me, amen, and I'm honored, honored to be here. I appreciate my family. I thank God for them this morning, got on my knees and I told the Lord, where would I be had not Jesus intervened in our life? I can give you a good hint. I'd be way out in eternity as fast as I was running. I'd be way out in eternity somewhere without a family, without a home, without a hope. But Jesus intervened. Uh, for you young people, y'all can't comprehend it, but it's been 55 years ago. God saved me by the grace of God. Called me to preach. I was a little old backward, bashful country boy, and God said he wanted me to preach, scared me to death, I'll be honest with you. And I was 26 years old when I got saved, but scared me when he called me to preach the gospel, but uh, I've been preaching about 54 years, so you won't know it when you hear me, but I have been trying for 54 years. Good to be here, Uh, looking forward to the remainder of the day, but I'm in Philippians chapter 2. I'll give you an introduction in maybe in just a little bit. I am not bound to an outline, never have been. I just, uh, I study to show myself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but I'm never bound to an outline. I learned a long time ago, an outline, I believe a preacher ought to know where he's going, what he's going to do, but an outline is a vehicle to carry the burden of his heart. It's a vehicle, like a wagon with four wheels. I just got three points this morning, so I may be wobbling on the axle a little bit with three wheels, but uh, outline is a good vehicle to carry the burden of the preacher's heart. And the burden of my heart is Philippians chapter number two. I have been teaching. I've uh, had COVID a couple times in the last couple of years and several other physical difficulties, and you don't want to hear about that, uh, but... uh, I've been, my son asked me, he said, Dad, when you're not out preaching, when you're able, how about teaching? Out here at Progress. So I've been teaching, and uh, when I was able, being out preaching, but I have been teaching the book of Philippians for over a year, uh, probably a year and a half, I suppose. So maybe just the overflow, preacher, of what God has uh, dealt with my heart about in the last several months. I want to read 13 verses of chapter number 2. And uh, we'll pray, and then we'll let you be seated. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, there's four things in verse number one. I don't know if I'll get back there or not. But if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, I would call that communion, if any bowels and mercies, I would call that compassion, so you preacher boys you got four C's in verse number one. You got consolation, you got comfort, you got communion, and you got compassion. Fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem the other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. You got a form in verse number 5. The Bible said he was in the form of God. That's his deity. Chapter uh, Verse number 7, you've got him in the form of a man. That's his humanity. And the Bible said in Luke 24, when he was on the road uh, to Emmaus with the two disciples, he appeared to them in another form. And I'll let you figure out what that was. Amen. But nevertheless, Jesus, uh, he's in the form of God. He's in the form of a man. And he's in another form after his resurrection. Verse number 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even 
the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Listen, that at the name of Jesus every name should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Verse 1 through 13, would you pray for me this morning? Father, I love you. Thank you for the grace of God that reached even me. Thank you, Father, for the blood that was shed on Calvary. And I know there's still power in that blood for the cleansing of the souls of men, women, boys, and girls that will come by faith and trust that blood. And Lord, we plead the blood for liberty and victory as we try and endeavor to preach the word of God today. Thank you for the good week. Thank you for the good report. Thank you for all that you've done. We give you the glory for it. But Lord, we stand in need of you today. So I pray you'd help me. I know when we're weak, you're strong. And I know you're a very present help in a time of trouble. And I love you this morning with all my heart. Use me according to your perfect will. Lord, would you give the pastor his heart's desire and do a work here in this church for the glory of God. And we'll love you and thank you for all that you do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Uh, you may be seated. I'm in Philippians chapter number 2. I have been studying this book for month after month after month. And I'll be honest with you, I, I believe it's become my favorite portion of your King James Bible. We know there's 66 books. And to me, when I'm reading the Bible, I, my wife, I'll tell her, I said, I love this portion of Scripture. If my, I'm presently just closed out the book of uh, the Revelation and starting back in Matthew again this year, but I've also just finished up 2 Samuel in the Old Testament, and I think Samuel's my favorite prophet after I've been reading Samuel, and I got over in Revelation, I about fell in John, fell in love with John the Revelator, so I, it's kind of like ice cream. I just love it wherever I'm at. That's about my favorite flavor, amen. So I'm in the book of Philippians, and I've been studying there for several months, and I'll be honest with you, I really don't know definitely which way we're going to go this morning. I do have three or four things I want to say before uh, my time uh, runs out. But I want to take a thought out of Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 5. And I'll give you an introduction to the book. But look at my text verse, verse number 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I'm going to try to preach for a little while on the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. When I, my son asked me if I would uh, pray about teaching, uh, since I wasn't uh, running up and down the road so much, and I prayed about that, and he and I got settled on the book of Philippians, that he would have me to teach. And I've been studying the Bible for years, as well as some of you, and about every commentary, if you go to the bookstore, uh, and you look up some commentaries on the book of Philippians, or the uh, church at Philippi, you'll always, about 99% of it, maybe 100%, you'll find out that they call this book the Epistle of Joy. And there's nothing wrong with that. Thank God for joy. Amen. Nehemiah 8.10, the Bible said, The joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Bible said, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us, and not we ourselves. And we're his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. That's a hundred psalms, so we need a whole lot of joy. And I'm glad the Bible said Jesus rejoiced in spirit. And he was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows. So uh, joy is a tremendous thing. And if you study uh, the book of Philippians like I have and read after good men, I found out that joy 
and rejoicing is mentioned 19 times in the book of Philippians. Four chapters, 104 verses in this little book, and God talks about joy. So I'd say the church needs a lot of joy, don't you? I'm glad I traded my thimble full of trouble and got me a boxcar load of joy about 55 years ago. Amen. And if, I, if the Lord would allow me to, I'd just preach on joy. And that makes you a strong Christian. I believe the world's looking for something and they don't know where it is, really don't know what they're looking for, but they're looking for the joy that Jesus can give. Amen. Uh, we've had joy in the house, got joy in my heart. I rejoice in my children. God just been good to me. I got to be an old man. I'm still rejoicing, and I want to leave this world shouting on one foot. Amen. But nevertheless, I'm not going to preach on joy this morning if I can help myself. If the Lord will help me, I want to give you how he's dealt with me. Joy rejoicing is mentioned 19 times, if I got them all, maybe more than that in these four chapters. But also my text verse is verse number 5. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I studied this book uh, for weeks and months and started preparing to teach it. And I got to seeing a theme going through this book, and it was on the mind of Christ. And I've never heard uh, much about the mind of Christ. I know when he saves you, he gives you a new heart. Would you agree with that? I heard Lester Roloff years ago, and he had some of the men from the Roloff homes on the platform with him. And one of them got up, and he was giving his testimony. And he said, the Lord saved me out of a drunkard's life. He said, I used to drink a quart of liquor a day, and God saved me by the grace of God and said I hadn't touched a drop since that night. Well, after church that night, an educated lady, probably from Greenville, uh, she, came, she went up to see him, and she said, Sir, did I understand you right that you said you drank a quart of liquor a day and got saved and you hadn't touched a drop of liquor since? He said, Yes, ma'am, that's what I said. She said, That is physically impossible. If you drank a quart of liquor a day and quit dead cold like that, said it would kill you. Your digestive system couldn't take that. You would die. He said, well, preacher told me God gave me a new heart. I didn't know he gave me a new digestive system when he saved me. Are you listening to me? God gives us a new heart. Would you agree with that? And he does a lot of other things in us that probably we're not aware of. Here's one of them. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, the Bible said we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16, it said we have the mind of Christ. Now, if you'll do a lot of studying, you'll find out that uh, most uh, authors or commentators, a lot of them just commentators, but if you uh, look after a lot of them, they will tell you we have the mind of Christ in this Bible. I believe that. I believe this is God's mind, but it's only part of what God's mind. He just gave us what he wanted us to know. Amen. I still believe Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in chapter number 2, and he said, Eyes not seen, ears not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So there's a whole lot of stuff out there that we haven't even heard about. Amen. And Paul said, If I told you some of what I heard and some of what I I saw, you'd probably jump off the highest building you could find want to get to glory today. But we have the mind of Christ. Now I've heard, here's my thoughts about the mind of Christ. I believe we have the mind of Christ in the Bible, but I also believe when God saves you by the grace of God, His mind is available to us. And you notice what He said in verse number 5. I've gotten to be an old man. I used to read, 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 see how much I could read. I've tried to slow my reading down and study as I read to show myself approved unto God. I'm not reading as much Bibles I used to but I'm reading it closer than I used to so are you listening I, I had a buy my, my, my dad drank I was raised in a rough environment and you oh, her, I'm, I'm going to preach whatever God's on my heart and I'll be through in a little bit preacher but uh, I was raised around liquor and drinking and all that kind of junk that goes with that 
Little old mama there in the mountains of West Virginia, she raised seven of us, and three of us turned out to be preachers of the gospel. Are you listening to me? So mom, just make up your mind. God will help you as well. Amen. But uh, God uh, let me be raised in that kind of an environment and saved my soul, called me to preach the gospel, and neighbor gave me the mind of Christ when I got saved by the grace of God. But I also, in verse number 5, notice what he said, and here's my, really my thought of the message, let this mind be in you. You have something to do with it. Are you listening to me? Romans chapter number 8, down about verse 5, 6, and 7, Paul wrote to the Romans and he said, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I'll get down to pray sometime, preacher, and an old foolish thought from that uh, environment I was raised in. I'll be praying and talking to Jesus, having entered in behind the veil in the very presence of a holy God, and neighbor, a foolish thought will go through my mind. He'll call to remember something that happened back yonder 65, 75 years ago and drag that up and try to shake it in my mind and shake it in my face. Uh, listen to me. And try to get an old carnal mind to uh, destroy your victory. And here's what I tell him. I said, buddy, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. I prefer life and peace. You can take death and take two Alka-Seltzer and go back where you came from. Amen. I want to be spiritually minded. I think with all of my heart, one of the greatest needs in the 2022 New Testament church is to be spiritually minded. If we get spiritually minded, we'll get back in verse number one of chapter number two. Here is a spiritual mind. Here's some fruit or evidence of it. If there be therefore, and I mark therefore, if I had time, I'd go back to chapter 1. I don't have time to do that. I will let you look at 129 and 130. He said, for unto you, under the church, it is given on the behalf of Christ to believe on him, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Having the same conflict, I circled suffer and I circled conflict, he said, which you saw in me and now here to be in me. Suffering and conflict goes along with a born-again experience having been saved by the grace of God. Here's where I'm headed this morning. You get saved by the grace of God. The night I got saved was on December the 31st, about 55 years ago. Got saved in a watch night service. That John Morgan got saved in a watch night service. So I guess we're twins. Amen. But I've had about 30 or 40 years on him, something like that. But nevertheless, to be born again, I thought that next morning when I come to myself, I said, praise God, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. I won't never have another trouble. My tears are all gone. My problems are all gone. I felt like that. I was like swinging from the highest limb. Amen. But I found out when my feet hit the ground, he said it's not only for you're going to believe in him, but you're going to suffer and go through some conflict. And I've been in a battle for all these years and we've suffered some things and I don't have time to go that. But Paul wrote to a young preacher in Timothy and he said, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Here's my thought. When those sufferings come and you get in those conflicts like Russia and uh, over there and all that mess going on, ain't we living in a day? Prophecy being fulfilled. That big old bear is raised up again. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet. But China's going to line up with Russia before this thing's over. And they're going to turn and attack Israel. And I don't have time to leave Philippi and go to China. Amen. But I'm telling you these are exciting days to be living in. But when the sufferings come and the conflicts come, if you aren't careful, you'll let that mind of Christ take flight somewhere and you'll get down discouraged and despondent and come into church with your nose plowing a fur. And the devil will try to get you in that shape, amen. Don't let him do that. I'm going to tell you how not to let that happen in your life. Verse number one of chapter number two, here's some evidence if you are controlled by the mind of Christ. 
If there therefore any consolation, that you see console in that word, be I like to go to church, somebody's going to say, I've been praying for you, preacher. I came in, I'm feeling better right now, and I've felt in a long time. Amen. I'm telling you, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Amen. I've got a great position. Somebody said, oh, you're just losing Jesus as a crutch. He's not my crutch. He's my great position. I threw my crutches away a long time like a crippled man. Amen. And Jesus is my great commissioner, a great physician. But nevertheless, I like to go to church and somebody give me a little consoling and consolation. Don't you? I guess uh, my reputation has preceded me. If you heard John Morgan, I can burn it high, about as deep as you can get, but I hadn't done, I didn't do that every time. For 36 years when I pastor, you can't shear sheep every time you uh, feed them. Are you listening? And we all need sheared every now and then. But here's the kind of church that this congregation ought to be. It ought to be a place where we can get some consolation. It ought to be a place where you can find some comfort. You ought to be a place if any fellowship of the Spirit. I call that communion, not doing any harm to the Scripture. You ought to be able to, Jesus said he'll comfort you. When he's come, he'll not testify himself, but he'll take that that he hears and speak of me. So I come to the house to be consoled. I come to get some consolation. I come to get some comfort. And I come to have a little communion with the Holy Ghost. And he's that intercessor between us and the Father. Not taking away anything from our high priest. But lastly, in verse number one, he said, And any bowels and mercy. Look at that compassion. I like for somebody to show a little bit of compassion every now and then, don't you? God told Isaiah, he said, you comfort my people, comfort my people. And I like to go to the church and find some comfort, consolation, compassion, and a little bit of communion and leave on higher ground than it was when it came. The preaching you've heard, the worshiping you've experienced this past week, it ought to have you up on a higher plane, on higher ground than you were. Amen. Y'all not online, are you? My wife tried to get you online. I was at the house sitting on the couch, wrapped up. I told my daughter, it's cold in here. She said, it ain't cold in here. You're just old. I said, respect your elders. Amen. We couldn't find you, so I guess the reason I couldn't find you, you wasn't online, amen. But nevertheless, we'd have listened and watched if we could have. But uh, mind of Christ, notice the let there. You're going to have to make up your mind this morning. I am willing to let the mind of Christ in, and if I will, we'll have these evidences in our life. If we had time to go through the book of Philippians, here's my outline on the book. Now, I'm not going to get through. I'll just preach till I give out here in a little bit. Chapter number one, the Spirit of God, the mind of Christ, produces unity. Chapter one, verse number 27, here's what he said right into the church. He said, be of one mind and one spirit. The mind of Christ unifies. It'll, it'll produce unity. I don't have time to deal with that. Jesus put it this way. I do always those things that please my Father. My Father and I are one. You know all those scriptures. But the uh, mind of Christ unifies. I think the church at Philippi was probably, and this is my estimation, take it for what it's worth, I think probably the church at Philippi was the best local church in the New Testament. Very little rebuke. In chapter number 4, there was two ladies there, Eunice and Syntyche, if I got their names right. Those are female names. He said, uh, tell them to get it together and get in one mind. The Spirit of Christ will unify a church. Chapter number 2 and verse number 8, the Bible said he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, the death of the cross. The mind of Christ will not only produce unity, it will produce humility. 
There won't have to be a big Ike and somebody strutting around, strutting their uh, tail feathers and their plume like a big peacock does in the chair. We don't need any of that. We're just all a bunch of sinners saved by the grace of God. Never one of us ought to be in hell this morning with our back broke. We know that very well. But when you get the Spirit of Christ, there'll be unity. You get the Spirit of Christ in chapter number 2, there'll be humility. And I could preach on humility or pride. The opposite of humility is pride. And pride goeth for destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And the proud, God knoweth afar off. You know what's missing in our church? The spirit of Christ has taken flight and pride has slipped in where the love of God should have been. Chapter number 3, here's what the mind of Christ will produce. In chapter 3, verse number 10, Paul said this, and I, I love this verse. I'm going to preach it sometime. He said that I may know him, Paul knowing Jesus, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Now, I'll have a hard time getting away from that verse. Amen. Paul has been saved at least 25 years, got born again on the road to Damascus. We believe that. He's preached, and I, I meant to tell you how the church of Philippi got started. I may give you that in a minute. But Paul's been saved 25 years. He's writing from a Roman prison cell and sent this letter by Phoebe, a servant of the church, a lady, sent this letter back to Philippi, and he said in chapter 3, verse number 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. I pastored 36 years. I preached against everything that moved. And I'd try to get a hold of it and shake it to see if it would move so I could preach against it. But Paul said in that verse, preacher, I looked at it again, the Holy Ghost spoke to me, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. The Holy Ghost said, preacher, you pastored all those years trying to get people to live right. If you'd have got them to die right, they would live right. Are you listening? 310, that's what it says. We ought to be conformable to the death of Jesus, and if we'd die like him, we could live like him. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about a little garden called Gethsemane where the Son of God had left that uh, supper that the saints had and he goes out in the garden there and he bows down about a stone's throw. I just about threw my watch, amen. He went about a stone's throw further and knelt down in the garden and he prayed this prayer, Father, not my will, but thine be done. We know the rest of it to be thy will let this cup pass from me. I don't have time to argue with you what that's about, but I'm telling you this. He prayed, not my will, but thine be done. He come back, finds Peter and the others asleep, and uh, told Peter, what couldn't you watch with me one hour? And Peter got his feelings hurt, and I don't have time to deal with him. But he went back and prayed the same words again. Come back, and they're asleep. He goes back and prays again. Father, not my will, and I'm condensing that. Not my will, but thine be done. He come back and they're asleep, still asleep. Here's what he said. If we would die the way he died to self in the garden, we could be more conformed and live like him. It'd be a whole lot easier. You know the reason a lot of us can't live for it? It's because of old self. Our self-will. Are you listening to the preacher? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I die daily. I die daily. There should have been a funeral at your house this morning. If you wanted to live for God today, you should have died this morning. Died dead on a doornail and walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're in a battle. We're in a conflict and it's the right against wrong, good against bad, light against dark. And neighbor, if we'll die to ourselves, that self does want to get everything contrary to what the Savior wants me to do. 
Old self said, you're not able to go preach this morning. I said, why don't you get back in the bed and leave me alone? I wouldn't trade what I feel right now for an all well, praise God, in West Texas somewhere. They ain't nothing like being saved. You can't compare it to anything, amen. It's just incomparable. You didn't another, but chapter number one, the Spirit of Christ will unify us. Now, if you're in here in the objective case and the kickative mood, looked like you was born in the middle of crab apple season, had a bowl of crab apple syrup before you came to church, you're probably not in unity with the church. Get unified and let's do something for God. Chapter number two is the Spirit of Christ will humble us or produce humility in our life. Chapter number three, verse number 10, the Spirit of Christ will produce conformity. Conform to his death. Some of you are trying and trying and trying to do right, live right. I appreciate that. I admire that. I tried it for years and years. But oh, happy day. My wife used to sing. I'm liable to make her get up here and sing this morning. Many years I longed for rest. Perfect peace within my breast. And I often sought the Lord alone in tears. But I would not pay the price. I would not make the sacrifice. And I wandered on and on for many years. Then one day... While knelt in prayer, Jesus whispered to me there, Take thy cross and follow me to Calvary. Oh, how hard it was to die and all self to crucify. But I lost my life and I found it, Lord, in thee. Hallelujah, Sister Rain Drago's words out again. She sang there the day I surrendered to preach the gospel. They got to looking for her and couldn't find her. They wanted to tell her her little husband had surrendered to preach. Amen. And they got to looking for her pastor and they couldn't find her. And they went down the hall. There's an old linen closet there where they took the bed linens and sawed linen and piled them in an old closet. And some of them run back there and looked in that closet. And my precious wife was piled up and those sheets ever. And she threw in the towel, run up the white flag and gave everything she had to Jesus. I didn't bother me a bit. Are you listening to me? If they belong to Jesus. Jesus, that'll make him the best wife and the mother that any pastor and preacher has ever had. You ladies don't get upset about your husband surrendering everything to God. It'll make him a better husband than you ever deserved. The mind of Christ produces conformity. Paul said that. Probably the greatest Christian in the New Testament, I suppose. The apostle, no, I didn't come over here to argue with you, amen. I didn't got too, argue, too old to argue. So go argue with a signpost if you want to argue something. But Paul said, I want to be conformed to his death. We are too much alive. I'm not going to get through Romans chapter 12. Every young person in here, you've heard Romans 12, Romans 12. We preach it, Romans 12. I preach it a thousand times over 55 years. Have you ever noticed I got to reading that pretty close? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, brethren, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed, there's my word, Philippians 3.10, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. We try to get them to surrender their body, but we're not dealing with their mind. The world is after your children's mind. They're after my mind. They're after your mind. All the social media, all the junk's going on. It's after our minds. Proverbs 23, 7, part of it. As he thinketh in his heart, 
so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is 23-7, probably wisest man in the Bible. As he thinketh. Here's, here's my thought on that verse. What you think and what you feed your mind on is what you're going to become. Feed your mind on garbage and trash. You'll end up in the trash bin. Hide God's word in your heart. Commit it to memory. Apply it to your life. You'll be separate. There's two themes in the book of Philippians that I found, Pastor. One theme is to be happy. The other theme is to be holy. We'll never be holy till we start thinking right. We may have standards. I believe in them. I believe you ought to cover our naked bodies up. I believe you ought to look right, act right, talk right, do right, spit white. I believe every bit of it. But I'm telling you, if it's just an outward show, it's not worth a pinto beam with three worm holes in it. Are you listening? But if we could get our minds on Christ and get the mind of Christ controlling us, all of these other things, we wouldn't have any trouble with it. Are you listening? Chapter number four. My little outline went somewhere. I don't know where it went. Chapter number four, verse number seven. He said, and the God of peace, and the God of peace, and the peace of God. There's two, peace of God and God of peace in chapter four. But he said, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. That's stability. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Be steadfast, therefore steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. If we're going to abound in the work of the Lord, we're going to have to get our thinking right. And the verse 7, 4, 7, and 8. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. Mom and dad may not understand you. Family may not understand you. A lot of folks won't understand you. But the peace of God ruling, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Now, I'm not preaching on necessarily peace, but it'll keep your heart and mind. That's stability. I told my Sunday school class... I said, if you've got the peace of God in your heart and you've got the God of peace in your heart, you are way down the road. The peace of God comes from the God of peace. We know that. They're crying peace, peace, and there is no peace. Putin's been crying peace. I'd like to pair him. I was preaching somewhere and they cut me off. Wouldn't, wouldn't air it, what I preached. And that's all right, but uh, don't come over on Edith Drive to get my gun. I'll call you Mr. Kamini. And I'll call Donald Trump picking on you. I don't have time to deal with that mess. And the peace of God, Romans, I, Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. Listen to this, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. It'll change your life. It'll give you life. It'll produce that joy that all the writers write about. I, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not a know-it-all. And I'm not a Bible scholar. But I don't think we're going to have the joy we ought to have until we get the mind of Christ. They go to Roman, uh, Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice always, and again I say rejoice. That's a great verse. Thank God for it. But listen to me. I think what precedes joy is having a peace of mind in your mind and in your heart. 
how God dealt with me about the book of Philippians. I said this, I'll give you four things and I'm through. I'm not going to pray. This was my outline for today. In chapter 4 and verse number 7, I just quoted it to you. He said he would keep your heart and your mind. And here's what I alliterated that, preacher. I said that's an anchor that grounds me. It's got me grounded. Peace of God in my heart, the God of peace in my heart, he's keeping me. I've been healthy all of my life. I played ball from little league clear up to I was 26 years old on the police force and got injured. Couldn't play with that after that. But I've been healthy all my life. The last two years, I've been sick about the last 600 days. Whatever, how many days in a year? 365. I had to ask her the other day how many weeks are in a year. All those, all that time. One day I'm dizzy, one day I'm in pretty good shape. Feeling pretty good right now. Maybe I need to be preaching all the time. Now you listen to me. Grounded. I've been healthy and I've been sick the last two years or something. I don't want your sympathy. I read this morning in my Bible reading that God knows where I am. He knows my address and he knows what I need. And he knows, I read in a hundred... Psalm 105, somewhere in the psalm, he said, if the days be three score and ten, I said, yeah, I've reached that. And he said, if by chance they be four score, I said, yeah, I've reached that. He said, they're going to be labor and sorrow. I said, thank you, Lord. Just give me strength for the labor and give me a little bit of joy to overcome the sorrow, some joy for the journey, and I'll just go ahead and serve you till it's all over. I'm not worried about him mistreating me. He loves, he loves me too right to uh, mistreat me, and he's too wise to make a mistake, so he's still God, amen? Romans 8, 28, see on the Bible, it's all working together for my good and his glory. Are you listening to the preacher? And the preacher said a while ago, we're going to leave out of here first. Dead in Christ are going to rise first if I go by way of the grave. I said, praise God, a lot of Baptist churches I got in, that'd be a good place to be. They're going to go first because they're the dead in Christ. Amen. Are you listening to me? The peace of God. I'm going to get you to read a verse and I'll be through. The peace of God, chapter 4, verse 7, is an anchor that grounds you to where you're not blown about, like James said, by every wind of doctrine. You're not a double-minded man. You got, you got your mind set. You got your mind set. You're not double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, James said. So the mind of Christ will anchor you. God knows this is a day of instability. Up and down, in and out, off and on, hot and cold, love and hate, love you one day, hate you next. All that stuff ought to get put in on the back burner, off the stove somewhere, and make up our minds we're going to serve God. So I call that an anchor to ground me. That's in chapter 4. And then I wrote down, this is fresh out of the oven. Don't take too, bite, too big a bite of it. It'll burn your mouth. Chapter number 3. If you look at chapter number 3, verse 11 and 12. You're in Philippians, I think. Look at these and I'm through. Chapter 3, verse number 11. If by any means I might attain. That's to reach full development. If by any means I might attain under the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended. God had something in mind when he saved Paul. And he said, he apprehended me, he arrested me, and he apprehended me, he put the handcuffs of love on me, and he had something for me to do. Verse number 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, look at the mind, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect, and I don't have time to preach on scriptural perfection, but the mind of Christ is an anchor 
that'll ground us where we won't be blown about by every wind of doctrine. The mind of Christ, listen to me closely, the mind of Christ, Paul said there, it's an attainment. He's chapter 3, verse number 10, that I, he wrote 13 books of this Bible, maybe 14, whatever, that I may attain, that I may attain, chapter 3, verse number 10, he said, I want to be conformed to this death. He, want, he is reaching out, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. That's an attainment. Don't get discouraged when you miss the mark. Don't throw in the towel and give up. Are you listening to me? You fall down, make a mess of it, get up, brush yourself off, and try it again. We've got great grandbabies coming along, and one of them, he wasn't here the, when the family was singing, but he fell down from the floor of the house, clear down the steps, and went clear down to the basement, busted his nose, had a big bruise on his nose, and skinned his face up, and he just got back up, and we wiped him off and set him back up, and he's still trying it again. I, I said, buddy, he's a year old, I was 12, 13, 14 months, I said, turn around and just slide back down them steps instead of cutting flip-flops down the steps for about 15 steps. So he's learning. I have fallen a time or two and busted my spiritual nose. Have you? I made a mess out of it a time or two. And I wish I hadn't. I wish I could do it over. But I'll tell you what, I never have laid there and wallowed. Get up. Some of us folks here today, you need to get up. That blood that we sang about and preached about. Get up. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses. I'm not an English scholar, but that cleanses is a progressive verb that it just cleanses and keeps on cleansing. The ETH is progressing. That's what he does to us. That's what the mind of Christ will do. He, he hadn't quit loving you. But hey, he ain't mad at you either. He understands you. I've had to get on my face recently and I said, Lord, you know my frame. You know I'm but dust. You know you created me out of the dusty dirt. You know I've got an old fallen nature. You know I've got an old carnal mind that I don't always put to death every morning. And he said, I understand, son. The mind of Christ will anchor you. The mind of Christ will get you trying to attain higher and pressing toward the mark. I want you to read this one. Find the little epistle of Peter, if you would. God bless my heart, and I'll get this, and I'm through. First Peter chapter number 4. Just bless my heart. I hope you understand what I'm preaching. First Peter chapter number 4. Here's what I said. The mind of Christ is an anchor. The mind of Christ is an attainment we're striving for. Let it, let it, let it be in you, all right? Look at 1 Peter 4, 1. For as much as then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with what? The same mind. The mind of Christ is, I ain't got me anchored. I want to finish right. If I'm not going to finish right, a year or two from now, I hope God will let me drop dead in this pulpit. I do. I want to finish right. I, you say, you're an old man. The reason you say that, I've been saying that for 50 years. When the devil comes to tempting, I say, buddy, I ain't ready to leave on the next load. You leave me alone. I want to serve God. Listen to the preacher. So that's an anchor for me. It's an attainment for me. I'm still striving, preacher. I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling to God. And we'd argue about that if you wanted to argue about it. But lastly, in 1 Peter chapter 4, the mind of Christ is an armor. 
It's an anchor to ground you. It's an attainment to grow you. And it's an armor to guard you. If you get, the if you let the mind of Christ in, and you let it conform you, unify you, humble you, conform you to the image of Jesus, it will guard you through all the suffering and perplexities and everything this life will throw on you. It'll guard you from it. Are you listening to me? I just now said he ain't mad at you because you're not saved. He's not mad at you because you have backslidden or got away from him or done something he shouldn't have done. He's not mad at you. He loves you. Now you wait till you get old and your children produce children, your children's children come along and you'll find out what Grandpa Range was talking about. My children say, yeah, you didn't treat us like that. I said, you're just kids. You're not my great grandkids. <laughs> One of, the, one of the preacher told her, said, oh, Brother Rain, he just become a teddy bear. I ain't no, she said, he ain't no teddy bear. And I ain't no teddy bear, but I love my youngins. Sweet correction. She's got a lint brush with a pad on her about that thick. I wear them out with it. I'm through. The mind of Christ has got me anchored. I thought you said your wife was going to work the sound system. I was hoping you wasn't married to one of them fellas back there. I was going to comment and say it's the prettiest sound man I'd ever seen, but I ain't going to say nothing about those two twins back there. Amen. The mind of Christ has got me anchored. Listen. The mind of Christ just caused me to keep on pushing. Keep on striving. Keep on pressing. My son uses that word all the time. Pressing in, pressing in. He didn't get that from me. I don't know where he got it. But nevertheless, the mind of Christ is my armor. It guards me. Foolish thought come through. A verse of scripture will reprove it and it will rebuke it. Let me ask you this question. Would you let first Philippians 2, 5, would you let the mind of Christ have his way in your life? This morning, not tonight, not in the afternoon, let this mind be in you. You want to live like him, act like him, die like him, be conformed to him. That's what God's doing. He's conforming us to the image of his son. I'm t i got to quit. I don't know how long I've preached, but... Uh, would you let the mind of Christ do what he wants to do with you? Don't wait till you're 75, 80 years old. Don't wait till your children are grown. Today's the day, not only of salvation. Get saved today if you're not saved. But if you are saved, why don't we make up our mind this morning? I am going to let the mind of Christ lead me, guide me, conform me, Produce these four things in verse number one. Produce that evidence through me. That's missing in about every church I preach in. Thank you, Pastor, for letting me.